You're listening to the Ending Human Trafficking Podcast. This is episode number 102, Ensure Justice 2015, What You Missed. Welcome to the Ending Human Trafficking Podcast. My name is Dave Stahoviak. And my name is Sandy Morgan. And this is the show where we empower you to study the issues, be a voice, and make a difference in ending human trafficking. And Sandy, we do those three things throughout the year, but the way that we probably do that most visibly, prominently, and uh, and certainly by numbers is the annual Ensure Justice Conference that has been hosted by the Global Center for Women and Justice now for how many years? Since 2007. Wow. So we've got a really long track record with the conference. And if you've listened to this show for any length of time, you've heard about us talk about the Ensure Justice Conference. And I know we have people in our listening audience who have attended. And so for those of you who were there this year, this will be uh, some information that will you'll be reminded of, but also we're going to cover the sessions you may not have heard as well. But for those who have not had a chance to get to the conference, we hope you'll consider coming in the future. But we wanted to give you a recap of what was and talked about this year's conference. Dave, I'm going to be rude and interrupt you because when you said that you may have attended a conference in the past, I was just in Romania speaking at two conferences, uh, European conferences on human trafficking. And I was sitting in my chair and a young man came and he said, I just wanted to introduce myself. And he's doing amazing work with a human trafficking organization in in Europe. And he said, in 2010, my mother's sister, my aunt, um, said, oh, I can't go to the Ensure Justice Conference this year. Do you want my ticket? And he's like, well, yeah, sure. He said, it changed my life and my career goals, everything. And I'm doing what I'm doing now because I went to ensure justice. Oh, wow. So is that he, a great story all the way in Romania? Is. Yeah. And there you are, uh, the other side of the world running into him again. Oh, yeah. It made my day. You can imagine. So I, can imagine. I just, you know, I'm good for another year. I'm going to do it again because it's a lot of work. But we pull together uh, a diverse uh, community. We bring the very best best voices to the issue, to discuss it, to study it, so that we will be equipped to be um, advocates who can intelligently articulate the issues and the complexities, and then make decisions to take action that will be sustainable and have um, strong impact. And as a center that's housed in a university, of course, our driving core of our mission has always been the education component of of the human trafficking issue and what can we do to help people to study the, study the issues so they can go out in the world and be a voice and really make a difference. And as we've talked about so many times in the show, Sandy, the importance of partnerships. Uh, we are we are one of many organizations out there that care deeply about this issue and and of helping in a real sustainable way. And so it's so exciting every year to see just how many people in this community come together through the partnerships that you've established over your entire career, Sandy, and the and the partnerships that are with the center, and so many people coming together who uh, have different walks of life, but 
are very, very committed to all uh, working on this issue and making real progress. And so I'm really excited to see what happened. This year, we expanded our partnership to include Orange County Department of Education. And so we had a specific agenda kind of a pre-conference for school-based professionals from the community that was very well attended. And um, they left the day with strategic action plans by district. Wow. That was powerful. And uh, it sets the stage for um, replication and improving the momentum in our schools for developing strategies to prevent and do early intervention, as well as identification of of youth who are, who are being exploited. Well, and one of the things I love about the conference, I, I was not there, Sandy, so that's one of the reasons I'm really glad that we're having this conversation, because I just selfishly, I'd love to know more about what happened at the conference. Um, but one of the things I love is you've shared the program for the conference with me and I'm holding it in my hand. And on one of the first pages, you have the federal strategic action plan and the four key goals. And so the conference was really centered around those, those four goals of aligning efforts, improving understanding, expanding access to services and improving outcomes. And, uh, and so I'm wondering if maybe we could say a little bit about each of these areas and how the conference was framed in order to align with these goals and, and like we said, you know, aligning with the larger work that's being done out there on human trafficking. Well, those goals are are really embedded in in the nice little uh, alliteration of the title of that report, which was coordination, collaboration, and capacity. And it's been fun for me this last couple of weeks because as the semester winds down, I'm hunkered down to grade, grade, grade. And so I'm reading student essays uh, that were submitted after the, the conference. And over and over, I'm hearing that the information they received in, in this section on coordination really impacted them. We had, um, from Homeland Security, we had Dwayne Angebrandt, and he just focused on how important it is to align our efforts. We, If we are scattered, um, we don't make the same impact. And alignment has several different components. It, it includes the idea of what is your role and what's my role. So we really have to clarify that. We don't want the same person doing the same thing. That often results in competition um, and confusion. And we also need to all speak the same language. And because the Trafficking Victims Protection Act and then the various um, versions of it at the local and state level, those things, it's important for nonprofits and faith-based community, community-based partners to learn what the language is that will be used in in prosecuting a case and in providing services for victims. So one of the things that we often talk about language, and we've talked about language here. We have. We don't want to use terminology that um, seems to blame the victim. But sometimes the resources that are attached to legislation, that legislation hasn't changed its language. And so you'll see a term like juvenile prostitution and you'll say, no, she's not a prostitute. She's a victim. And you've heard me say that. But the resources to provide services for her are connected to that. So 
aligning efforts is aligning vocabulary, aligning roles, aligning expertise, and aligning resources. Um, Working with our federal, state, and local partners means we all have to use the same language. Mm. And so I'm curious, how did that come out in the conference as far as was there a particular presenter that you felt really uh, was helpful in illuminating that, Sandy, and really bringing awareness to that or something that was said that that got you thinking about it in a different way that you hadn't considered before? Well, I think that um, uh, what Dwayne Engelbrandt did for us was he laid out the top, you know, big picture. And, mm-hmm. and so we see how important it is to coordinate. But um, Dr. Um, Kirsten Foote from University of Washington presented her research, which um, will make a and we'll make something in the show notes so you can get a link to it. But the book she has written will be out in the fall. And her research is on collaboration, and she did four years of qualitative research on coalitions and task force across the nation to identify the elements of of collaboration, some of the issues with collaboration, and even identifying um, when collaborations are are not functioning well, what does that mean? What are the implications to the community that we're trying to serve? Is it harmful? Um, it sometimes is, we just say, well, it could be better. But actually, we might be needing to ask ourselves, um, is it actually harmful? Interesting. And and we've asked that question several times on the show of, am, am I going out to do something because it makes me feel good and it's a good, you know, I, I can say I've done something to help, but in the re- but in reality, if I just made the situation more complex by not aligning resources or trying to duplicate efforts or maybe even doing something that is very different in strategy than some other organization in your local area or nationally. And so um, I, I don't think anyone does that intentionally, Sandy, but, but unintentionally, that's a really important question to ask. Well, and it was great because um, Dr. Foote presented her her context for this. And then we followed that with a collaboration panel. So we had um, presiding juvenile justice here in Orange County, um, the Honorable Maria Hernandez. We had the program director for the Human Trafficking Task Force at Community Service Programs, Lita Mercado. And we also had, um, and my I have to actually look at my program to make sure I've got all of the the names here. Um, Betsy DeGarmo from Foster Youth Services was also on that panel. And they began to um, demonstrate and provide a model of how when collaboration works, you're serving the victims and it is a victim-centered approach. But everybody has a different role. And the conversation was um, very encouraging. And then the Q&A from the participants in the conference brought us back to some of the big challenges. And does it always work? And the answer is no, it doesn't always work. So we always have to be refining and, and exploring better ways to collaborate. Well, speaking of collaboration, one person that uh, has been on this show before has been a longtime friend of the Global Center for Women and Justice is Laura Letter, and uh, she was back this year again speaking. And so I'm curious what um, what 
you know, she's done so much work on the demand side, Sandy, and I'm wondering if um, you could share some of what what is what is she thinking these days, and what messages does she have for for students and professionals around that aspect of collaboration? Well, her perspective, um, she spoke twice, once in a plenary and again in a workshop, and her emphasis to our students was do research. We need research. And that Mm. really speaks to the second goal of improving our understanding. And she is always out there in front doing research. She was um, commending Dr. Foote for her research on collaboration and encouraging people to pay attention to that. Because if we are not all at the table and if we're only doing one aspect, um, the victims are the ones who will suffer. And her focus on demand reduction continues to be an important aspect of of her leadership. But she has also introduced research, and we'll put a link to the um, professional journal where it's published, on healthcare providers. And she identified, and we really need to have her on the show again and and interview her because she can explain this in detail, but just the, the quick Um, and shocking statistic is 87% of of commercially sexually exploited victims of human trafficking were seen by a health care provider. And that in and of itself, that's a a place on the front line that we haven't improved their understanding so that we can align efforts. And we're, we're actively at Vanguard involved in educating healthcare providers. We've been um, teaching it in our community health um, course in the nursing program. I have been going out to hospitals and emergency rooms um, to make sure that we're, we're improving the understanding of our local healthcare providers. Wow. Fabulous. But you know, it's, it's just amazing, Sandy. I think of the the four years of conversations we've had on the show, and the the vast majority of diversity of different people who we've learned from, and different organizations that have served, and yet how much there is still left to be undone, and 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 some areas that we haven't even, or we or others haven't even really thought much about yet, and that that's just uh, like you said. I mean, the importance of ongoing research and looking at this issue very broadly and also from a new perspective that maybe someone else has missed before. It's it's amazing how it continues to to increase the strength of our safety net really be by building our network here. One of the um, speakers during the education aspect of this was the prevention coordinator for the Orange County Department of Education, um, Stacy Deeble Reynolds, and we will have to do an interview with her. Um, in the last podcast, when I was talking about, are we just putting a fence around a plant to try to keep the storm away from it? Or are we feeding that plant so that it can withstand the storm? And I began to to really consider that because of her impact on prevention that is youth-led, positive-based, and um, she's introduced the concept of developmental assets, and we will have her back. But that has expanded the understanding for many of my students who want to go into education. They'd like to be an elementary school teacher, and they've sometimes expressed their sense of emotional um, uh, conflict and confusion because they want to fight trafficking. 
Well, in the classroom, building in those components of a resilient, strong um, character for a child and an adolescent is some of the very best prevention and creating um, um, an understanding and improving our understanding of prevention modalities that are effective. That has been a big piece of the outcomes from this conference. Well, and that is really a great transition for us to talk a little bit more about students, Sandy, because after all, we are all students of this issue, of course. And as a university, we also have students in a formal capacity who are learning and are attending your classes, Sandy, in some cases, but also students at the university at large and other universities who do come and attend this conference as well. And um, and, and you have received some feedback from them, and, and you mentioned you're doing in the midst of grading and reading some of the essays that they've written about the conference. And I thought it'd be, I know you wanted to share some of the things that they've said and oh, their experience. They're um, just, they're terrific. Um, you know, sometimes people ask, where'd you get the name Ensure Justice? And actually it comes from um, an old proverb in Proverbs 31, 8. So one of, one of my students in, in their paper really reflected on that. And I'll just read you what what, what was written, the term ensuring justice could be interpreted in many ways. Obviously, it is not a negative phrase. However, the action in carrying out that phrase can have many different understandings and outcomes. In order to cognitively understand the phrase, one first has to break it down to its root meaning. When does then, just what does justice mean? It means the quality of being fair. What then does ensure mean? It means to make sure something will occur. Ensure, make sure something will occur. So to put both of these terms together, the statement should be read something like this, to make sure the quality of being fair will occur. And that is what ensure justice means. It's important that we as human beings stand for those who cannot stand for themselves. We have the responsibility to integrate compassion in our faith experience. And furthermore, to ensure means to make for certain. It does not mean hope or wonder, but being sure and certain that is how we have to go about combating the sex trade. Wow. Isn't that great? Really powerful. It's like, okay, I think he's going to get an A. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. And I just love it that um, the the reflection includes, it doesn't mean hope or wonder. When we had David Myers here last year um, from the faith-based office at Homeland Security, he really challenged us with not um, launching into an anti-trafficking effort just based on passion, but on a sustainable, transformative um, compassion. Mm. And and that is that's really reflected in this young man's statement. It reminds me, Sandy. Um, I interviewed Dr. Carol Taylor, who was the past president of Vanguard University, several years ago on a challenging time that Vanguard had been through as an organization when she was the president of the university. And one of the phrases that she uh, really um, was a, a touch point for her during that time, and she talked about during that interview was, I believe it is an African proverb um, that says, uh, when you pray, move your feet. Yeah, I love that. And, I love that. And, uh, and she really uh, talked about that in some detail, that yes, 
we all should hope and pray and do all the things that um, our faith calls us to do, whatever that faith tradition is. Um, and so many of them do call us to do that. And yet, that is not enough to just to hope and to pray, but also to move and to take action. And you know, I love how that aligns so well with just what we talk about is study the issues, be a voice, and make a difference. So right. not just to accumulate knowledge for the purpose of accumulating knowledge. Yes, that is a key starting point, but also what can we then do to go out in the world and take action? And that what you just read from that student just aligns with that so beautifully of it's, you know, hope is wonderful, hope is great. And in and of itself, it does not change the, mm-hmm. it does not mm-hmm. change the equation. And, you know, when, when we look at those four goals, one of them is um, improving outcomes and, when I first looked at that, I was thinking improving outcomes. Oh, that means we have more victim services. But sometimes improving outcomes is like I talked about with prevention. And in other times, um, it is really about equipping a community to recognize what's going on. Because if you recognize it, then you're going to do something most of the time. So one of one of the students, her final summation of the conference is, now um, we should all be natural educators on human trafficking. We have an understanding and and we, we see the big picture. And so wherever we are, we have an opportunity to educate others. And really, when you've attended this conference, you do get a lot of perspective from a lot of different people. And, and it does, not that we leave there knowing everything by any means, but uh, many of our conference attendees do leave knowing a lot more than the average person does about this issue. And and this is also one of those issues, Sandy, that uh, for better or worse, and I'll explain that in a minute, has gotten a lot more attention mm. in national media over the last several years, um, particularly since we started doing this podcast. I, I remember when we first started doing this podcast, uh, there wasn't as, as much in the national media about human trafficking. And now there is much more so. And that is great because it comes with the attention of people knowing that there's an issue and knowing that there are big challenges out there. But it also sometimes comes with misperception, like anything that becomes yeah. much more um, prevalent in the media is uh, people hear a soundbite or they see a segment on a news story and they feel like they have a, an understanding of the issue. And in reality, as we've talked about on the show a lot, once you get into the depths and, and really understand some of the nuances of what's going on, it is far more complex than most people appreciate. And so people do come out of this conference uh, with an appreciation of that complexity more so than, the, yeah. than they come in and, and, a, and, the, and an opportunity, if not to educate, but at least to, um, at the very least, to be able to communicate the appreciation of that complexity to others as they work with them and other people who become aware of this this issue so that they can also really be led to educate themselves and to make a real difference in ending the and problem. I, I was really encouraged recently because um, one of the reviews on iTunes really reflected that the this podcast um, has a high appreciation for the complexities and mm. it isn't just awareness, but we're, we're really dealing with the complex issues. Yeah, we are. 
We so. are. And thank you for, for, for who mentioned that. We really appreciate it. Yeah, that was great. And, and you know, I want to kind of take uh, in these last few minutes a look at how we broke down the workshops. The workshops that we had were themed workshops. We wanted a prevention, a look at prevention curriculum. So we had um, a, a public school department of education presenter who um, it was a little distressing to find out that it's going to be 2019 before we can actually have official curriculum in in our public school in California mm. that because of just the process of of creating and um, going through well like I said the process you hey, can at least it's in process right right and yeah. and if you want more information on that you can find the audio for that workshop on our website and we'll have that link to all of the conference um, proceedings that are in either um, video or or audio webcast which by the way is huge not to, to for us to miss that point there the audio for all these presentations is online. So if one of the things we've mentioned here has really caught your attention of saying, oh, I'd love to hear more about that, we'd really encourage you to go to the show notes of this episode. Um, there will be a link there to go back then and to review these presentations. So even if you missed the conference, you can still be a part of the knowledge that was gained and potentially even reach out to some of the speakers and, uh, and, and to build your understanding and your network in that way too. Yes, and and it's well worth your time. Um, the we also had law enforcement, and um, the idea was addressing recovering victims, and we approached healthcare, and we did from the physical. And again, Dr. Laura Letter presented her research, but also the Trauma Healing Institute, Dr. Harriet Hill. Um, the response to understanding trauma is is kind of dawning on people that rescuing someone doesn't make them feel safe necessarily when that trauma is so internalized and to be trauma informed and to approach a victim from that perspective that takes a better understanding so we're back to we're back to the four goals and this is the one improving our understanding which is also going to improve outcomes the um we had a church relations track and i it was so much fun i stopped in there for a while successes and lessons learned and it was like being in a human trafficking version of the view because these were powerful leaders sharing their expertise. And that is a great one if you want to uh, tune in for that audio. The other um, track we had this year was a Spanish language track, and we offered the trauma healing and the law enforcement version in Spanish. So if you've got friends that you wish they could listen in, there are two, two of the um, audios that are just in Spanish. And that's new, Sandy. Am that's I remembering new. that? Yeah. That's right. That's fabulous. Yes. That's fabulous. My personal um, sense of achieving the goals of improving understanding was this was our first year to do a call for papers. And I just want to give a shout out to the the academics that participated, Dr. Jamie Gates and um, uh, Lindsay Christensen, Dr. Joey Fung, Dr. Winnie Fung. Um, we had teams from Fuller and from Wheaton, from Chapman, from Pacific Warner. It was really great 
to begin to see how the academic community is coming together to inform and and meet goal number two to improve understanding. Fabulous. Sandy, so much here. We've just scratched the surface, I know. And you have one more thing that one more uh, thing is, I can't. Is- can't leave out because we instituted our first compassion night and Dr. Joanne Lyon, general superintendent of the Wesleyan church was our compassion night speaker. And that was a high, um, impact session. And my students, um, students who, who didn't actually take it for credit, um, jammed the, the, uh, conference room and as I was reading some of the reflections from students, this particular one, um, I, I wrote it down. It's, it's in my own journal now. And just a shout out to my student, Emily Campbell. This is how she crystallized what compassion means and how it informs how we do coordination, how we do collaboration, how we avoid the competition and the fractured approach and how we build capacity when compassion is our foundation. And this is what she said. Compassion is when we are all so moved by suffering that we all want to stop it. And through the power of the Holy Spirit and the image of God in us, we humble ourselves to work together for the greatest purpose of bringing justice to those who need it. Emily, that is why we host Ensure Justice every year. We've said a lot on this episode, a ton of resources, and of course, we've just uh, gone into just a few items that we covered in the conference. Of course, the conference will be back next year, so be stay tuned to the show here for more information on that. And do we, we have can, a date already? Yeah, you can Sandy? save oh, good, the date, good. March um, 4th and 5th. There we go. So March Friday, Saturday, first Friday, Saturday in March 2016. You want to come to Southern California. Who doesn't want to come to Southern California? So not only do you learn a lot more about the issue, but you get to enjoy a wonderful place in spring. Uh, So much on the show notes here for this episode, Sandy, including the audio to all of the conferences. So be sure to check that out. And as always, if there's something we've mentioned that you'd like to know more about, or you have a question for us, reach out to us at gcwj at vanguard.edu. That stands for the Global Center for Women and Justice here at Vanguard University. You can also reach us by phone, 714-966-6360. Sandy, thank you so much for a uh, overview of the conference and looking forward to talking to you again in two weeks. Oh, thank you, Dave. I sure appreciate your producing this show and co-hosting with me. It's always an honor. Take care.